podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello everyone. Welcome back to the Fantasy Premier League podcast. This is your host Shrikant taking over the rota as we are going to review week game week 1 and today our guests are Kai Drinkle and Tadiva who's making a debut on this podcast. Welcome gents. Uh, week 1 surprisingly good week no knee jerking apparently going on on all the forums. All of them seems to have scored good people with Salah have scored people without Salah have scored so obviously we need to wait for shit to go down under before this catches on fire. uh but okay coming to the main topic so guy i'm going to start with you week 1 mm. how was how how did your week treat you what's your team like what was your score let's do the usual stuff go through your team and your score usual stuff right <clears throat> 66 points for me which is above average which is good uh which is excellent for me <laughs> we'll we'll see that later down the later down the line won't we sure um <clears throat> so patricio got me 2 trent 5 colman 1 pereira 4 benjamin medi 15 salah 16 he was my captain mane 16 sane dropping me a lovely 1 um kennedy 2 aguero 2 arnautovic 2 And then just to add on the extra flavour, I had one Bissaka on the bench dropping a 12. I also had Traore and Zahor, who I didn't know were injured because it decided to come up and whack them as um, 75% doubt after the game week, which was great help for me. Still, 66 is definitely going by a pass history guy. That's that's a really, really good score, I would say. Absolutely. Doing a Leicester. <laughs> Yeah, and with especially considering Van Bissak on the bench, yeah. uh, definitely potential 70 plus in the offing. But yeah, just going through your team, you had Kennedy. Uh, just to understand, obviously West Ham and Newcastle were the team, and Brighton. These three mm-hmm. were the teams people were looking to avoid, considering how bad their fixtures are. But Kennedy at five million, actually, I think is the best of the bigs. And if you saw the game, he missed yeah. a bloody easy one-on-one. And I, I, I know why he missed that. I know because you had him. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally said to my to my dad, who was watching with me, he's in my fantasy team. That's why he's missed that, and he did horrendously. But I would say if anybody scores points in the Newcastle team, I would actually pick Kenneth. So I don't yeah. see, not that I'm a judge, but I I don't see major issues with the team. But I'm going to go to Tadiwa, who's making his debut, as I said before. So Tadiwa, week one, I I hear has treated you very well. Yeah, week one has been good for me. Um, usually I like to do an Istanbul type season where <laughs> I'll be bottom of the log, uh, most of my leagues and not a great start and then try and work my way back up. But it's, it seems like I've hit it off with week one and hoping to continue that throughout the season. Maybe go for a city season where once I hit the top, uh, I try and maintain it. But in terms of my team, I, I had a total score of 98 points. I had Joe Hart and Goal who got seven, uh, Chambers who got one, Mendy got fifteen, Juan Bosaka got twelve, Salah who was my captain got sixteen, Bernardo Silva got eight, Mane got sixteen, Richarlison got fourteen, 
Aguero got two, Firmino got five, and King got two. Uh, with regards to my bench, my bench got a total of three points, so I'm, I'm glad I didn't have to rely on them. Guy, on second thoughts, I feel Taddy was overqualified for our pod. I mean, who who scores these many points and comes on our pod? I know, I know. Remember but when Simon Cri- first joined him? He started showing <laughs> off. It's like that, isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, Tadiva, going to stick to you. Uh, you said you talked about Istanbul, so I'm assuming you you are used to making a slow start. Yeah, I, I seem to overthink my teams way, you know, before the season starts, especially before game week one, and everything sort of just goes out the window somehow. Players that I'm playing, you know, thinking that they're going to be strikers somehow become midfielders and, you know, it, it just becomes a mess. Um, going into this season, I did do the same research, same type of tinkering. I think like everyone else, I tinkered probably until the last second that I was you know, possibly able to tinker with. Uh, I'm hoping that the start gives me good momentum, but even with the start, I'm already doubting myself, which is quite a worry for me. I I think this is one of the things people, especially who play FPL every season, it's almost like game week one is when shit hits this fan, as the saying goes, that you realize how much screwed up your team is. It's usually game week two, three, there's a wild card. But this season, obviously, there has been added flavors brought in by players returning late due to the World Cup and immediate international window, which means a possibility of a very early wild card for you to fix your things. So you could pick players who would play in the first couple of game weeks and then uh, you could just apply the wild card and go. So, But it's going to be interesting to see. The, the, as we said, the average score is already high. People are actually happy with the teams, which doesn't usually happen. It's not good for FPL that people are happy with their teams. But uh, we'll have to see, obviously, whether this is a trend of people actually, players actually maturing in the game. There was even a stat saying 400,000 people or huge number of people have signed up for FPL this season. So it's going to be interesting to see. We're talking about interesting. That's not anything to do with my team. But I'm going to run through my team. I had a score of 64 uh, similar to Guy, I had Patricio in goal, two points. I had Tompkins starting six. Uh, Trent, five. I had Johnny from Wolves, so actually a double difference on Wolves. That went well. Uh, Johnny <laughs> gave me one point. Salah was my captain, 16. I had Yota giving me five again. So three players from Wolves from my side. I had De Bruyne starting, who came on and promptly got an yellow card to give me a grand total of zero. I had Richarlison... <laughs> Giving me 14 points. Up front, I had Aguero, 2, Firmino, 5. And I had Wilson, 8 points, who also decided that since he's in my team, he should miss a penalty. So he had 8 points there. And let's not even... I think I should just coolly ignore my bench because it it makes... Sorry, instead I had Fabianski, 1. Mendy with 15 points. Masuaku with 2. And Van Bissaka with 12, giving me a grand total of 30 points on the bench. Oof. I don't know what's more depressing, that, or you have three Wolves players. <laughs> exactly. I was like, uh, I think I was taken in by the number of signings. I mean, actually, they had good... I believe they still have good signings. But yeah. obviously, my strategy was Wolves was for the first two weeks because game week three, they play City. Mm. And also, I was hoping by game week three, we'll have clear picture of players returning from the World Cup. But it almost looks like almost everybody's either already in the first week or... Most players are going to be in for the second week. So I'm not quite sure. I'm already debating uh, 
what to do for game week two. So let's talk about game week two. So guy, have you made a sub or are you thinking of a sub or are you happy with the team giving it a longer run? Uh, yeah, the longer run here are two weeks, obviously. So what's your strategy, guy? Um, I've already made my transfer. I went quite early with it. As I said, when we're going through my team, I had two players injured, one being um, Adama Traore, who I, uh, <clears throat> I've, so, I've took out and put Brooks in from Bournemouth. Um, he's cheap and pretty much it looked like he was he was getting starts for Bournemouth and Bournemouth tend to do well goal scoring wise so I think I I think I made 0.5 of a million and probably a player who's going to be more consistent if anything and he's not injured um but in terms of long uh, uh, my thought process was a bit of long term planning I imagine we're going to talk about it in a bit but I went I went from Traore to Brooks then made 0.5, obviously, so I had 1 mil in the bank. And then with Sane not starting the first week, um, warning signs were going off, so I was going to go from Sane to De Bruyne. But I imagine with the news that just came out before the pod, he's going to be a big discussion point. But um, I may I may look for an alternative to De Bruyne now, namely Eden Hazard. <laughs> so I, I've made I've made 0.5 from Brooks. Um, from Adama, and I'm going to look to invest that in another high-end midfielder. Interesting. Uh, obviously, since you bought up uh, the De Bruyne news, which has just broken before the pod, apparently he's injured. Similarly, kind of knee ligament injury, which means at least a couple of months out. That seems to be the early news. So, guy, you have De Bruyne. So, you said Hazard as a potential since you have something in the bank. So, for people who don't have say something in the bank who have say which means that they are stuck with 10 million who else would you suggest oh god um i think the safe options to still look at man city players isn't it it's um bernardo silva who pep obviously talked up quite a lot um in pre-season i think before the community shield and obviously he started quite well um performance wise uh, against arsenal and riyad Mahrez would probably be the other one um but it's it's a weird one with Man City because they have like two hundred options per position, um, so it'll be interesting to see if Gundogan steps up to De Bruyne's absence or if they move Silver into the middle. Um, but a safer option might be Paul Pogba because he's a hundred percent going to play, isn't he? And I think you make, I think he's only eight mil, so you probably make two two odd million off that. Um, so yeah, I think Pogba or you're looking at Man City midfielders still, but maybe. The one with the Man City, uh, the problem with Man City is this, that amount of options. You don't know who's going to be the like-for-like replacement. So probably Pogba would be my my, uh, my shout for that, um, safety-wise. Okay, Taddy, we're coming to you. I, you don't have De Bruyne, right? No, I don't. So um, if you had De Bruyne, what would be your choices? Though? Just interesting to hear, at least for the audience. Well, no, no, no. How no, would I'm... you go? Yeah, um, I think just with Pogba, he has gone up by point one. So you, yeah, you would be, you just need to pay attention to that one. Um, in terms of who to replace De Bruyne with, I think if, um, it's early on in fantasy and I don't think many people would have money. So it would be looking at a like for like replacement. In my opinion, I think you'd have to be going for a Man City midfielder. Um, with, with Pep, it's kind of a toss, toss of a coin, you know, with who he decides to pick. But I think if you look at it from a long term, if you look at the fixtures, you know, City's next six fixtures, I think they're playing 
both uh, the, the the promoted sides from 1516 and 1617 or 1617 and 1718 um, over the next six fixtures. So there are going to be enough games where whichever city midfielder you pick, either they're going to be starting and getting points or even coming off the bench against tired teams where they can pick up points. So I don't think it's necessary to knee-jerk react in terms of constantly changing your city player. I think you can just pick one that you're comfortable with uh, and sort of ride it out over the six games. I'm sure you're going, you'll end up picking up more than enough points, you know, over those six games. I don't know what you think, Shree. Yeah, that, that's, I would look at De Bruyne means for me, the immediate two options are both the Silvers, especially now David Silva has retired from Spain, which means that he's going to be available during the international window, which means he's not going to travel. So he's going to be fresh. So I can see both the Silvers taking turns to replace De Bruyne at least. So then Maris, Sterling and Sane continue to play on both the wings with uh, Sayag. But another option I could think is maybe is this the time where he's going to move a three at the back and go for a three, five, two. Mm. Is maybe yeah, is Bruyne's injury going to force him to just overload the midfield and just have both Jesus and Aguero playing? Because last time also I remember men literally injury forced him to switch formation. So I don't know if that is he's already told that he's looking at three five two as an option this season. And uh, as Guy also said, the one thing he said after the community shield was currently it was Bernardo Silva plus ten, which which quite I know it's Baldi's rotation wheel which he spins every week, but literally nobody knows. But I would think Bernardo Silva has far more chances. And the thing with Bernardo Silva is obviously he's the option I'm looking at. I have De Bruyne. That gives me two and a half million. But the point was I have already made my transfer. So this would be a minus four with two and a half sitting. I'm debating to spend it now and upgrade my defense, actually get someone from Spurs or Chelsea. Just looking at the fixtures, get someone in, say someone like a Vertonghen, or an Alonso, I have enough money to say upgrade as guy you pointed. I have three wolves, so this is the chance to bin one of them. Say take Johnny out and upgrade my defense. That is one option. Give Jota a week more, and uh-huh. then I eventually take him out next week. Maybe if I have a million more, I go to seven and a half. Someone else, I I could find. So the point is, De Bruyne's injury now is literally almost playing on my mind, where I would need to make two transfers. Not because of the balance of the team, because I'll have money in the bank. And that's the way I'm going. So obviously it has to happen after I made the transfers. But since we have talked a number of different, I'm going to come back to you. Have you made a transfer or are you, since obviously you have 90 plus, are you happy with the team to give it one more run? Um, I actually tried to hedge my bets. Uh, as, as I've mentioned before, I'm quite a tinkler and I, I'm, I'm always tinkling. I, I try to hedge my bets by selling Josh King. And bringing in Jimenez, I was sort of counting on a lot of people bringing Jimenez. He's 5.5. He scored a goal for Wolves. And I think if you look at the, the way they play, I think he will get chances. Not necessarily that they might win all their games because they've got quite a few, you know, tough fixtures coming out. But as long as they're getting one or two goals in each of those games, whether they win or lose isn't going to matter if he's your striker. So. I was looking at it in, I'm, I'm going, I'm, I was bringing in Jimenez, who was one, one million less than Josh King. And then at the moment, I'm not willing to risk, you know, uh, getting a four point deduction. I'm sort of just holding that one million in the bank, waiting to see how the defenses of some of the other teams settle. So, cause I do have two 4.0 defenders who didn't start in 
Bednarak and Paltier. So I'm hoping to try and upgrade one of those either to a 4.5 or a 5 that's starting, but I, I don't want to pull the trigger on that yet. I'm just waiting for, for teams to settle their back fours and I'm happy with, um, with the team I currently have in that sense. The strategy obviously is interesting. So I've seen a lot of teams doing a lot of things. So you have a 90 plus score. So I think it's interesting. You, you have made your transfer. Is that correct that you are getting in Yemen? Yes. Or you're yes, planning I, to make? No, 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 I have made the transfer already. I okay. made it on, as soon as, um, I found out that King didn't score and Jimenez did score. I made it early, you know, trying to beat that price rise. Obviously it didn't happen. No forwards went up or down, but I still think, um, having that million in the bank to, to upgrade my defense will, will be key. And you weren't worried by their fixtures? Um, I'm not worried in the sense that I, I still think they can get goals. I'm not necessarily seeing them winning all of those games. Cause if you look at their fixtures, they've got Leicester away, who Leicester, um, you know, was sort of felt, felt the counterattack of Everton. So perhaps Leicester will be keen to try and use that counterattack. But once again, Leicester are at home, you know, they, their fans might demand something. He could sneak a goal there. Then I suppose the game they play against uh, Man City, you're not really expecting them to do anything there. Then they move on in game week four to West Ham, who would have had a tough, you know, start to the season. So, and their defense obviously wasn't looking too great. It's going to be a home game for West Ham. Their fans are going to ask push forward. Once again, it's just, I just need him to sneak a goal or an assist. I, I really don't care where the Wolves are then winning those games in the end. If he was a mid- midfielder, maybe I'd look at whether I could get that point for clean sheets. But for now, it's just about him sneaking goals over the next three fixtures. You know, uh, a goal and two assists would be fine for me. And then I can always look to readdress my team after the international break. That's fine, especially considering Wolves clearly seem to have a threat on set pieces, especially with Ruben Neves. Uh, in such sparkling form uh, over 90 minutes at least. So yes. that clearly seems to be an option. So game week two, I've also made a transfer. And guy knows how I play. I make the most absurd transfers <laughs> that you if you're not aware. So game week two, who are City playing? Huddersfield. Who do I take out? Aguero. Oh. I'm just, I'm just not convinced one Especially Huddersfield could defend very well for all you know. And I'm worried he's going to get more minutes for Jesus this week. Either they're going to play up two up front or he's going to maybe Jesus starts and Aguero come off the bench. I'm sensing something. It could be absurdly wrong. And this is the game week because last two times I've taken Aguero out. One of the games I took him out was the time he scored four or five against Newcastle. <laughs> I don't even remember. <laughs> You uh, remember if, right? I hope, I hope it's that one. I hope it's that one, Sri. <laughs> <laughs> and if you look at um if you look at Aguero's captaincy, it looks like he's got about forty four percent of of people have Aguero captain, and then the second highest was Salah with twenty nine percent. And then surprisingly the third highest was Mendy with five point eight percent. So Shri, um if if you're looking to take Aguero out your team and you end up being the the reason Aguero does well, I think everyone will be quite happy with that at your expense, but, unfortunately. So one thing, though, if you see last season's stats, the most capped or the player picked most as captaincy always failed. You could always, you, there is a start where he had two, one, three. So very rarely capped, uh, the most or not about the most picked captain, 
but mostly in terms of most transferred in players usually failed. So I'm hoping this time, if a lot of people have got in Aguero, maybe I'm not sure who's transferred in most. I wouldn't be surprised if it's even Ruben Neves who's been transferred in most. But hmm. just to complete the story, I've taken out Aguero and I've actually brought in Lukaku. Uh, who I expect to start and it's quite clear there's literally no other option Mourinho is going to play and if somebody is going to score for them I, I'm banking on Lukaku to score I'm expecting him to start going forward and their fixtures look pretty decent not really bad not, I wouldn't say the greatest uh, they are Spurs obviously in game week 3 but it's a clear run till game week 9 because I personally am not convinced I'm going to take an early uh, uh, wild card so I'm still debating. So I'm having my team as 30 percent. I'm also hedging. I'm not convinced I need an early wild card. Uh, so I'm just going to bet on it and just keep. And so I'm preparing a team where if I decide not to take a wild card, I'm still uh, going to play. So it's Lukaku. But obviously now the De Bruyne news is coming in. And uh, just looking at the numbers, quite clear. De Bruyne is dropping tonight. Uh, correspondingly, Bernardo Silva is going to increase uh, uh, tonight. And... Uh, Tadiba, just news for you. The first forward who looks like increasing is actually Wilson von Bournemouth. He's scheduled to go up today. <laughs> oh, no, no. I think. I think. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> I think. But interestingly, uh, um, Aguero is now the second most owned striker in fantasy. He got about 64,000 people have brought him in. Uh, Firmino is still, I think, the, the most owned striker. But Aguero's numbers are coming up. Now I'm starting to get worried, Tree. <laughs> The most transferred in cursor. Ne- yes, Neves yes. is most transferred in at the minute. Ah, no, no, okay. I would... yeah. Because last time the most transferred in curse perfectly worked every week. Uh, so let's go and see. I'm going to move on to some other topic. Maybe Guy, I'm going to come to you because you have Kennedy as we talked about before. And we had three, five million players who shined and uh, maybe it's something worth discussing. Is 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 this the right time to go, jump in the bandwagon? I can say we could, we are talking about three players: Jorginho, who scored a penalty; Kante, who scored the first goal; and obviously Ruben Neves, who put in an all-star performance. If you saw, great free kick though. Obviously the referee was an idiot. The the foul was somewhere else, and he got in clearly five yards before, and which clearly helped him in the free kick. But great free kick, great assist for Jimenez goal. So obviously five million is already risen, I believe. So. Th- Three five million or X three five five million players. Do you jump in the bandwagon, guy? What's your take? Since especially you have Kennedy. Um, I think I'm going. I think for me personally, I want to stick with Kennedy because I think I think with players like Neves, especially, he's obviously a deeper midfielder, and I know he's a threat of set pieces and stuff like that, and obviously he takes threat pieces, set pieces. So he, he's he's gonna have a good shot of getting assist points, but I think people who take um, set pieces and crosses, it's it's quite an unsustainable way of getting assists and stuff like that. I mean, I know I know Wolves have a decent amount of height, but I mean, who who are you looking at? Who's who's an absolute dominant force? I mean, Willie Bolly looks like an absolute tank in, in the air. Cordy doesn't look that big. Um, Bennett didn't look that uh, that big, so I'm not sure how tall as a team they actually are. I mean, if Tony Pulis was the manager, I mean, Ruben Nevers probably wouldn't be there. <laughs> but if they had a proper Tony Pulis back line behind them, I'd probably be on the Nevers Nevers bandwagon. Who who were the other ones, Shree? The other five mil ones, or cheap options? Jorginho and Kante. We had two Chelsea uh, options. 
Yeah, I think similar with uh, with Jorginho, he, obviously his points came from a penalty, and with Hazard probably coming back to match fitness sooner rather than later, he's not going to be on penalties anymore. But the kind of similar boat to, ne- uh, to Neves, I imagine he'll be taking free kicks and stuff. Although, um, William might take a couple and stuff like that, so I think Jorginho's probably not one to go, but Kante's the weird one, isn't he? Because he obviously played a more advanced position in, in, in comparison to what he normally did or the last couple of seasons he did and I think his heat map was right behind the front three or whatever whatever it was so maybe Kant is the interesting one um, but I, I just can't I just can't see it <laughs> they were you, you the, basically think it's too early yeah I think with Kant especially I mean they were playing Huddersfield you're not going to get an easier game are you and if if they're well, you're you're probably the one to ask for this, Shri. Where do you think Kovacic will fit? Do you think he'll be the middle? Do you think he'll be the the middle one, or do you think he could become the more advanced one in, in terms of their midfield? Because Jorginho is obviously going to be the deepest, isn't he? I I would think it's a stagger midfield of Jorginho and Kante and Kovacic playing more at once because his natural skills are there. But I don't know whether he's going to suit it, just come in straight away, or are they going to give say Barkley a run mm. something? I'm not quite sure, but yeah. For me, Kante was the more, most interesting pick, but yeah. I'm going, I'm going to jump to Tadiwa on a couple of other five millions who, who were discussed at least before game week one of the, so people especially who followed championship came up with two names, Tom Kearney and Rawls. Rawls from Cardiff and Kearney from Fulham. And I've already heard people saying, get off the promoted team's bandwagon, go to Kennedy. Yes. Guy already has Kennedy, go to Kennedy or jump to one of the Chelsea midfielders. So, uh, you obviously, I believe, don't have either of Kearney and Rawls, right, Tadiva? Did you ever explore having them? Um, I did explore, and I do have Kearney, but he was on my bench. bench. He was sort of my um, my safety net uh, in, in case you know Bernardo Silva didn't start for for City. You never know with Pep what he's going to do. Now, in terms of how he performed in the game, I wasn't. You know, um, they they had a lot of possession and. You know, um, they, they did have opportunities to do something within the game. So I'm happy him being the more advanced midfielder of the three. There was Seri there, McDonald there, and Kearney sort of as the midfield three. And he would looking to be, you know, the one closest to the striker. Uh, at 5.0, if you're looking at the other 5.0s in the league, as, as guys mentioned and alluded to, I think Kennedy is probably looking a more promising option there than a Kearney. Um, or even Neves, uh, I think the thing with Neves is I'm, I'm still, I'd rather be late on Neves than go too early on him because he's still being one of the deeper players in that Wolves team. And I don't think he got a touch anywhere near the box. So I'm not sure where his influence will be. Maybe as but, has been maybe losing. Just that one point, though. That's the whole point of Nevers. He has never an influence near the box. It's always yes. outside the box. Exactly. It's, so that's that's my worry. The guy could score any time, and he is literally what I would term as a wild card in the game. Because he could influence in so many ways. Usually your stats is okay, X, G, X, A, he's so many touches within the box, he could have scored. But with Nevers, none of them applies. Literally. He could score from anywhere. And I think that's my worry with him. I think that was my concern with maybe getting like a 
Abby Cato, where I can see Nevis throughout the season being the pass before the, the, the assist. You know what I mean? Where you're not really going to get those type of points, but he's still being quite influential in the game. But uh, look, he, he could prove me wrong, but I'm not willing to jump onto that bandwagon too, too quickly. Kearney, I think if you're, if you're relying on Kearney to be a starter, then maybe you could look at a, a, a Kennedy who has that explosive pace. He can do some damage. Um, but you just have to be careful that Kennedy in game week three, when they play Chelsea, he's not going to be available. So that might influence some people's decision there. Um, obviously coming on loan from Chelsea, but they've got a Cardiff, Cardiff game this coming game week. If you want to bring him in for a quick game, Cardiff didn't look too impressive. You know, um, there could be goals in there. God, Newcastle's fixtures are horrendous. <laughs> Sorry. <Exactly. laughs> New, Newcastle, Brighton and West Ham. All three are like, uh, they're competing amongst themselves saying who's can be worse. I've gone off, I think a lot of people have gone off Brighton like Pascal Grove and uh, Johan Bucks. Most yeah. people are, are interested in picking them, but the fixtures are so bad. And obviously they, they literally look like, the defense look like they have played together for the first time in game week one. They were so bad. It was like they, half the defense was having a high line. Half the defense was playing deep. It's almost like they were playing. The half was almost looking like the pitch was divided vertically than horizontally. Mm. It's, that's how bad Brighton was. So obviously that's obviously a big worry. I think people are keeping off Brighton. Uh, one more thing regarding Kenny though. And uh, Stadiva said they played McDonald, but I don't know if McDonald is going to play any language. They have got an Anguisa. Yeah. who is definitely going to play. And I think that is going to help Kenny play a bit more forward. So obviously, it's the game is a longer run with new players settling in. It's going to influence some other players. It's not just a direct impact of a player coming in. His impact is going to be felt on other players. So it's uh, going to be interesting to note. Uh, one other thing I wanted to ask you about. This, this is a team I saw actually. And it almost, on first look, it actually felt stupid to me. But on second look, it felt like guy, you, me, Tadiva would have tinkered our team, say, 100,000 times. Uh-huh. And that team, it almost looked like, why do you need to think? Just put in this place, fit some other place. And that guy, the team I'm talking, I'm not sure. I just saw a fleeting reference of the team. He had three city defenders, Walker, Mendy and Stones. And he had Mane, Salah and Firmino. Six players done. Good God. Oof. Three city defenders. They are almost. You could say every second game they will have a clean sheet, almost possibly. Yeah, yeah. That I mean, now that we know or we presume that Stones and Laporte is going to be the first choice centre back pairing, or unless company comes in. But I imagine youth on on their side and the and the talk about going to a back three. Um, Stones, well, three Man City defenders playing Huddersfield. I mean, I can't remember their fixture. I remember the fixtures being probably hand-picked in terms of kindness, but um, Huddersfield, Wolves, Newcastle, Fulham, Cardiff, Brighton. That pretty much should all be clean sheets from Man City. So, yeah, that is... I would never think of that, but that's probably Indeed. genius. That's absolutely that, genius. Tadiva, what's your take on this? I'm just interested to hear. It's It's almost looked like this sounds logically straight, especially considering fixtures and Liverpool for for Liverpool attackers. Fixtures are irrelevant, literally, because they are going to score every game. And one of the three are only going to score almost, you could say, especially with Ox not being there. Uh, so what's your take on this team? 
Yeah, it's, it's a very interesting team. And I think it's one of those teams where it's either going to go really well or it's going to go horribly wrong. I don't see this, this particular person sort of hovering in the middle of any of the leagues that they're in. They're either going to be top or they're going to be bottom, in my opinion. I do think the, the nice thing about having Walker and Mendy is, and even furthermore, if they do move to a, you know, back three, is that you're not just getting defenders. Those guys are effectively wingers with how far forward they push up. So your chances of getting assists from them is pretty high. Um, I, I would have been hesitant to, to put stones in there as well. I think you could try and hedge yourself a bit there and try and get someone else from another team that has, you know, that clean sheet in case City slip a goal now and then. Because defensively, we have to remember there are times where City, you know, do lose concentration there, bearing in mind Edison did have so many clean sheets last season. But I think maybe the smarter thing would be to have Walker and Mendy so you've covered yourself from the right and the left in terms of assists, and then you're getting those clean sheets and try and um, try and then get a third center back from one of the other top six teams just to just to keep your bet safe but in terms of fixtures look you you can't fault the guy for for his style of thinking Liverpool going forward they're going to score goals it doesn't look like they're going to stop scoring goals any one of those front three players and then with regards to at the back I think the maybe their thinking would be that Walker and Mendy will get enough assists to cover for any clean sheets they lose out um, in terms of points for Stones. And and the other thing with Stones is especially even if they're going to say companies fit, they're going to give minutes, it's very apparent Stones actually played DM in the community shield and especially they don't have that much cover at DM with literally having only Fernandinho here. So it could be possible they take off Fernandinho, push Stones up to DM and bring in another centre-back, maybe which means that Stones is almost going to get minutes. It's I can see the logic behind it with Stones and Laporte. If they have to take off a centre-back, just to protect Fernando, you know, it might be they take off Fernando, you know, bring Stones up and bring in another centre-back instead of, say, uh, the position with Stones spread. So I can see the logic. It's, it was just an interesting team I saw. Uh, so that's maybe... I would think actually great uh, defensive line would be have a couple of City guys, one Liverpool, one Spurs, and say Van Bissaka, Crystal Palace. That sounds like very good cover. You, you will have cover irrespective of fixtures. So this is a great time, I think, to take a quick break. See you on the other side. Hi, Jan. How are you? Um, is everything okay? Yeah, absolutely, Gags. Everything is fine. But you know what? I'm hearing you've got a special offer for Anfield Index Pro. Is that so? Yes, absolutely. And we've got... Your weekly show, Moby on the Spot, the popular stat show, Under Pressure. Post-match Raw is now back and loads of other shows available at our lowest price ever. Go on then, Gax. How cheap is that? Get this, mate. Get this. It's absolutely free for seven days and then only $39.99 for a whole year. New users can now sign up and access everything at AmphilIndexPro.com. I have to say, Gax, that is incredible news. i got to go. Where are you going? Well, to be fair, I need to go and tell Rushy about this offer. <laughs> Thanks. 
Whilst you're there, please let Rushy know that we accept all major credits and debit cards via the website. And not only that, we've now added PayPal too. And if you want an app option, then via iOS, you can purchase AI Pro through an in-app purchase. Jan? Jan? I'm just going to jump into other topics. So, game week one. So, who are the players who have impressed you? Or you didn't think of having in the teams, but now at least are in your watches. I'm just going to give you guys, maybe say a couple of players each, if you have, of the games you have seen. Obviously, it's 90 minutes. We all understand that it, it, it could be just that fixture or he started well. It could be anything, but a couple of players, guy who has made it to your watch list, who, who you didn't consider before. Um, Pereira. <laughs> um... I, th- I thought he was meant to have let to be leaving Watford. Um, <clears throat> uh, obviously got two goals. One of them was bloody lovely. That uh, cro- the uh, volley off the corner. I think it was. He, he, um, he. If if he can be an outlet for Watford, obviously Watford have been criticised a bit for their their uh, transfer business, and I think people have been putting him in a relegation um, shout and stuff like that. If Pereira can keep it up, which obviously he he hasn't done in the previous seasons, he he may be an option. Um, but other than him, I mean, poor God. Um, I'm just I'm just trying to look look through. I mean, Crystal Palace defenders trying to fit as how many left backs they can get in one team seems to be a working tactic for him. <laughs> um, but. Alonso, if he's going to get, if he's guaranteed to start above um, Emerson, he might become more of an option. But six point five is a lot for a defender, isn't it? Let's be honest. Um, but I, I, I think Pereira's the one, and I can't, Richarlison was on my watch list. But watching him um, for for Everton the other day, he seemed a bit more refreshed. Obviously, there was that he didn't have a break all of last season and he came straight from the Brazilian league and stuff like that. So I'll say Pereira, Richarlison, and I'll say Van Arnholt. I wouldn't put him in against Liverpool, um, but I think Van Arnholt has um, steady output for a, for a not cheap defender, but a, a lower league alternative defender perhaps. But I think Richarlison may be, may be the one with the highest ceiling out of the ones I mentioned, but he does have a yellow a yellow triangle of death next to him. So maybe, the, maybe uh, wait a week on that one. Interesting, interesting shots indeed. So, uh, for you, Tadiva, I'm going to come to you. Watch the couple of players who impress your, at least I've made it to your watch list. Um, I think in terms of the ones that impressed us, I think there are some obvious ones. Obviously, the likes of Juan Basaka being 4.0. But I was more looking at players that could be interesting, not necessarily maybe that impressed me. Uh, starting from the back, I had Ben Hammer. Someone that interested me, he started in goal for Huddersfield ahead of Losel, who obviously played uh, last season and got quite a few points for them. Now, I looked at their fixtures and they have obviously Man City this weekend. But after Man City, they have Cardiff at home, Everton away, Crystal Palace at home. Now, David Wagner is capable of getting, you know, grinding out these clean sheets a lot of the draws that they got last season or what kept them in the Premier League. So at 4.0 as a goalkeeper that's starting, I think he's someone that I'm going to be watching and um, maybe just, just look to see if he if he carries on being the number one or if it's just a fitness thing for Losel 
then maybe I suppose you'd need to bring him in sooner rather than later. Um, in terms of defenders, one of the uh, people that interested me the most was probably Jeffrey Schloop in the ter- in with regards to that he's a defender in the game at 4.5, but he was playing sort of as the left winger. So anytime there's a defender that's playing as a winger, and of course he scored a goal, but because he's more advanced in the field, you'd still get those um, clean sheet points, but he's more of an attacking threat, which I think I'm definitely going to be keeping an eye on him. But I don't know how comfortable I feel having both him and Juan Basaka, you know, starting starting games. But I suppose if you if you want one or the other, you could always look at that situation. In terms of midfielders, I'm still I'm still waiting for teams to settle in midfield. Uh, the likes of Richarlison and Pereira, I'm not sure if they're going to be able to sustain this throughout the whole season. Although I, I, I've had Richarlison from the start, but I'm 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 not jumping the gun on them yet. And then I think strikers seem are supposed to be the the dangerous territory at the moment with so few strikers doing well. And you know, um, the five of the most you know bought strikers of all week were found to. They didn't really net that many goals, so it, it striker is a dangerous one for me at the moment. In terms of people that that stood out for me, obviously I have to mention Jimenez, and because I, I did bring him in, so I was bought by that. I think it will be interesting also to watch the Newcastle strikers who wins the battle there. Hosselu uh, got the the goal over the weekend, so he might maintain his position there. But remember, Rondon when he came on looked really dangerous, and so Newcastle have a few. Um, cheaper strikers. Once one of them has settled, I think the, that's a team to watch as well. Definitely a few interesting shots. So from my side, one of the interesting picks was what I would say Watford in terms of Holebas or Cholibas, however you want to call him. I, I personally actually thought he wasn't going to be starting because he's known to be a card magnet. And yeah. uh, they they did have Adam Messina in, so I was actually expecting him to start. So I was quite sure, obviously, he starts means he gives you two assists as well. But he's a name to watch, but I'm not sure if, again, as with Pereira, whether this is indeed sustainable. So in defense, I would say that in terms of not necessarily what he's shown, but how the team has played, I would say keepers, Kepa is indeed a shout at 5.5 with Chelsea having, I would say, a better fixtures list than, say, Spurs. And maybe at least for the first five, six game weeks, Chelsea defense uh, might be an option. So keeper, there's an option. Midfield, we have, I think, discussed enough. Uh, I was personally, I've, I saw how Kennedy played. And if he just can finish, obviously, he he's a clear shot. He's someone who's, I would say, I'm looking at the point five for, say, from Masako getting in Kennedy. So that's at least from my team, an option. In terms of front line, I'm... He's someone who's always, he, I, of the 100,000 tinkerings I did, I had him in, in one of the teams. I'm so tempted to go for him. I somehow still think he's going to score 10, 15 goals a season. He's going to be Jamie Vardy. Uh, uh, his yeah. record is great against top teams. And anybody looking to attack them are going to be obviously exposed to counterattack. And there's none better than him. So I, at 9 million, at least 10 to 15 goals is a very good return. So I had, I think at this price, he's a great pick. Obviously, if it was 10 million, it's something else. It's You're just talking 1 million from, say, Aguero, Aubameyang, and Lukaku. 
So that would be a different, but at nine million is cheaper than Firmino, who's as Teddy was said, one of the, the most pick forward. So I would say that price range, Wadi is a great shot because he's again one of those players who I wouldn't be too worried about the fixture list, especially because of his record, say against top six, especially being great. So Wadi is someone who's perennially going to be in the list. I'm going to just see a couple of weeks, especially because why I would want, if there is an option for me to get Mane in, I would need to take out a Liverpool player and I don't want to take Trent out because I believe Liverpool are going to keep a decent number of clean sheets, especially with the way they seemingly play. They're just choking the opposition. So, which means I would have to give a Firmino and that is where I see Wadi fitting in. So, that is the option I'm having. So, Wadi is something, someone I'm personally going to look at. Uh, the last topic I want to bring in before we close in is uh, when you set up for your team game week one, Tadi, we are coming to you first. Was your initial plan going to be an early wildcard and has it changed now? Um, I had always been planning on doing a wildcard after the first international break. I, I assumed that a lot of the big teams weren't going to start some of their players, you know, having come from the World Cup, but boy, was I proved wrong. I mean, Spurs basically put out their, their normal starting lineup. Um, the likes of Sterling coming in, playing straight away and scoring, it definitely affects, um, affects your thinking. So I think, I think, uh, I, I, I should have enough willpower to hold on until that international break. And then I'm thinking maybe the week after the international break is going to be the week that I wildcard. I think that's probably the best time to have an assessment of who exactly is now starting. There's a lot of players that came late in the window. If we look at, for example, Everton brought in a few players late into the window. Do you rush them into Premier League games or you do you hold them back? I don't think that's going to be answered until after the international break. So uh, I haven't changed my, my mind in terms of looking in and around the uh, international break when to do transfers. But I think I'm now waiting to a week after the international break opposed to I was going to do it, you know, uh, during that week of international break, just looking at keeping an eye on injuries and that sort of thing and doing it there. I think I'm going to um, be patient and, and wait a week later just to see how everything settles. Interesting, interesting, especially the shout of week after because a lot of people do it during the week, obviously, to make up at least the rises and followers make up points. But since you bought out in Everton, obviously Everton, now they're literally pushed to making a change in defense, which might work out good for them. So one guy who, at least one guy who's playing the Fandu, one guy, I'm not sure, has actually triple captain Jagielka. So my condolences there, but uh, coming to you, guy, there's, <laughs> no, I'm not making this up. Serious. <laughs> uh, my, oh, minus nine, I think. So, uh, but what's what was your strategy when you made the game? Uh, when you made your team in the game, Guyan, has it changed? Um, my strategy is normally just pick random players and then eventually get annoyed and then eventually just take as many minus as I can to fix it. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't, I wasn't planning on an early wild card. I think I, I had enough. Uh, maneuverability, shall I say, to get in players who are laid back from the World Cup. Um, I haven't really planned on Harry Kane. Uh, normally Harry Kane's proper fixture in my team, but I, I think this this time, I'm, as risky or as stupid as it may seem, 
I haven't really planned on getting in Harry Kane. I think the alternatives of Aguero, Jesus, um, Obama Yang, Vardy, as you mentioned, Firmino, um, Lukaku. Lukaku, yeah, as well. I think I've gone for one super striker and then kind of packed the midfield a bit more this time. So I, I, I think Kane being 12.5 and Salah being 13 has literally can. hampered now. Yeah, yeah. And Salah's winning that battle every time for me because midfielder scoring gets more points, doesn't he? So, um, I think, unless, unless I do the really stupid thing of getting <laughs> both in. But, um, yeah, sorry, Shree, what were you going to say? No, let's also not forget the Kane and August factor, yeah. though. So yeah, yeah. August is literally like, it's almost like it, it fails even if, let's say, Guy and me, even if we both don't have Kane, still he doesn't score in August. So that, yeah. that's what we are looking at I, when it comes I to have, Kane in August. I have him on draft and he dropped me a one-point game at the weekend. One point. Draft is but different. You're, you're forced to go for the longer term. I am. I am. But still, one point against Newcastle. And one. we also have to take into consideration... I, Obviously, this is like a theory, but if you look at the back end of last season, Kane definitely came back early from his ankle injury and then, you know, Mm. saw out the end of the season and played in the World Cup and has come back early, you know, back to the Premier League season. And if you look at his movement, it's look, it's not, I'm not feeling as confident in, in his movement compared to how he was moving before that ankle injury. They definitely rushed him back, and I wonder if he's still carrying a little bit of that injury heading into the season. Does that become a factor? I think Tadi was actually given a great segue uh, to this. Uh, what I wanted to mention was the fact that a lot of players have come in early, so I'm worried now if few players are actually not going to fire. And mm. uh, other thing is injuries, like De Bruyne. I, I'm not saying it's an injury because he's been rushed back. But you never know. Uh, are there going to be further injuries? So when I made the team, obviously I was looking at an early wild card, but I'm not convinced. One, I think I have a decent team which works over a few weeks. Uh, I can still get away with an occasional minus four. Uh, but I'm not 100% convinced now that uh, I will indeed take a wild card. I might maybe wait as... Tadiva said maybe give a few more weeks and see maybe come into September and see if Kane starts firing where you literally need to have then if you need as guy you said if you need to have Kane and Salah that literally means you have to revamp your own whole yeah. team yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm I'm going to keep a wild card for the eventuality always with Kane you never know when he starts scoring he's going to have a few weeks where he's going to score every week yeah and that's the eventuality we need to be prepared for. So that's the only thing. I'm early wildcard was a definite for me when I made the team. But one looking at how my team and how teams have performed, I'm kind of okay with the team I have. And two, I'm as I've already explained, I'm going to wait for a few more weeks. Uh, anything else before we close, guys? I think um, one mention for Fulham. 
Sesson uh, was definitely one of the players a lot of people were looking at. But, you know, uh, Brian did come off the field, uh, one of the defensive players for Fulham in the game uh, this past weekend. And Sesson has deputized, you know, he started off at left back, he got moved forward. So it might be something to keep an, an eye on for, for people in terms of does Sesson now have to drop back to left back as a consequence of that injury? I think that could could play a factor in people's decisions to keep him or, you know, to look to for people that were looking to bring him in. That's an interesting shot because I, I personally wasn't aware of injury for him. But obviously that means, as you said, Sesenyan goes back. I'm just seeing his status. It's, uh, FPL at least says 75% chance of playing, uh, in the, but it's an ankle injury. So quite not sure what it's going to be. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see. So, uh, going to close out this pod now in terms of we have gone through week one. Obviously, each one of us have also talked about strategy for week two. So maybe we will be doing a pod after week two, especially as we get closer to the international window, which, which obviously opens up this whole wild card game. But, uh, till then we are going to close this pod. Uh, we, we are obviously, please do let us know in terms of your feedback. Any players who you think we have missed or who we should focus on or any great teams you have seen on the internet. And if you want us to pick up those teams and discuss, please do let us know. We're open for any kind of feedback. Until next time, thank you. Goodbye. Podcast Network.